Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to the weekly Sunday morning edition of the What Is Truth radio show. Dr. Michael Caesar here in studio with you for the next hour as we're going to be like the Bereans and search the scriptures and find out whether these things are so. And I have my partner in truth for uh, two decades. We've been in radio together, John, you and me. It was two decades ago we started. And uh, it's a blessing. And our our other partner, uh, Brother Mark uh, Sassy, our evangelist, uh, street preaching, a truck driver on the way into work this morning a deer jumped in front of his car and uh, mark is okay the car's a little damaged i don't know what happened to the deer but knowing mark he went right to work and he worked a full day and now he's uh, taking care of those problems we usually tape at the end of the work day so we right. all come straggling in here at 5 5 30 6 o'clock to do our taping but he has to take care of those issues so brother we miss you we look forward to you being with us next week amen we know he's always well prepared yes and he's been working on this chapter we, we're in the uh, book of the Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book in the New Testament after the four Gospels. And uh, we started last week, and Brother Mark was reading through the 13th chapter with us, showing how on the first missionary journey, where Paul and Barnabas were sent out from the new headquarters that God established in Antioch, Syria, where they were first called Christians, he now sends them on a missionary journey, and uh, they go out and they reach a place called uh, Antioch of Pisidia, and uh, that's about uh, 70 miles west of the Antioch in Syria. This is in Asia Minor. And Paul gives a fantastic sermon. I mean, he just goes into the synagogue with Barnabas. When uh, the the rabbis see these visiting people, they say, uh, men, brethren, do you have any any word of exhortation for us? And Paul stands up in verse 16, and he begins a phenomenal sermon uh, running through verse 41. And basically what he's doing again is just giving the testimony that uh, David had... uh, promised and God had told David of your seed I'm going to raise up unto Israel a savior and he's preaching that Jesus is that savior verse 30 that uh, God raised Jesus from the dead he preaches the resurrection he preaches in verse 31 Jesus was seen many days of them which uh, came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. These men are his witnesses unto the people. We are declaring to you glad tidings that the promise which was made to the fathers in the Old Testament, the fathers of Israel, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that God, he hath raised up Jesus, again, has it's written in the second Psalm. Verse 34, he raised him up from the dead, no more to return to corruption, to give us the sure mercies of David. And, and he just goes on. So he says in verse 38, so be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, by Jesus Christ, all that believe, 
in his death, burial, and resurrection are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. What do you think of that, John? I, I think it's, it's, you see it today, at least in, in my life. So, so he's in a synagogue. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. preaching to uh, to the Jews who loved the law of Moses, loved, loved the law of Moses, understood the, understood the history. Yeah, he's speaking it to them all this, and he's and he's connecting all the dots for them. Absolutely, bringing it to the point of Jesus Christ, and then we'll go on and say, of course, um, you see how the Jews <laughs> react. But isn't it the same, Mike? When when we go into religions um, that call themselves Christian, sure, and we try to explain to them. Um, you know, the Jesus of the Bible. Yes. And then we get down to that point where it disagrees with what they believe, which is man's belief, which and, is- And the traditions they built and, up. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's the same thing. It, you know, history just repeats itself. Yeah. It doesn't matter the nationality. I, it doesn't, you know, it's the same thing. But the Jews, one thing Paul was, the Jews should know better. They should know better. Well, they had the Psalms. They, they had, had the, the prophets. They had all those things. They had the history. Yeah, you know, and and God was very clear. They had the, they had the um, the Levitical law. Yeah, and yeah. and God was very clear. You teach your children's 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 children yeah. all the way down. Um, so as as far as comparing them to a Gentile, they were more apt to understand this. Okay, and I get that. But let's go uh, to the New Testament. Right. The times when we grew up, let's say by the nineteenth or twentieth century. And um, the Christians, okay, the Jews, well, you had the Old Testament. It right. promised the, of the coming Messiah, and you missed them. Okay, well, what's our excuse? We have the New Testament, which even has the four books of the Gospels I, that tell what he did. I, and instead, I, I think of this, verses 38 and 39, if we walked into a Christian church, be it known unto you, therefore, a fellow Christian a people, through Jesus Christ is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Uh, by Jesus Christ, all that believe are justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the Christian traditions and the baptisms and sacraments you grew up with. Right, folks, it doesn't, it doesn't say that. What but it actually says, would, but that's what today. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. And I think, did you struggled with, with, um, with, uh, with um, the raising from the dead? I mean, later on with the resurrection, with the resurrection, when, when later on, when they were at, um, uh, was it Mars Hill? Yep. And yep. they struggled once, once he got down to the point and God raised him from the dead, he they had him and then they, they, they left. Like, ah, you know, and what do we have today? We have science. Yeah. That can't happen. That can't happen. Science falsely so-called. And again, the, the examples you're making are excellent. Mars Hill was actually, we're going to get to it. I think at chapter 17 mm-hmm. and it's in Greece and it's in Athens where all the philosophers will, right. which was like modern university professors. Of course, they're going to laugh at the resurrection. But the Jews, that was the promise and the hope of the Old Testament. I'll read a verse back in the Old Testament that they used to read all the time. Let me find it for you. It's uh, Here it is. In the book of Job, one of their favorite books. And, and the reason they liked Job is the truth of the matter is the Jews were always kind of a persecuted people, no matter where they lived. If they left, if they left Israel and they went to Egypt or they went to Babylon mm-hmm. or they went to Persia, they were persecuted just like Job went through all these afflictions. But Job's hope was, he said, I know in Job nineteen twenty five, I know that my redeemer lives and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though 
after my skin, worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. Mine eyes shall behold. And so the hope was the Jews loved that. They said, the promise we have is the resurrection. We're waiting for the resurrection. And so I can see university professors and people at Mars Hill laughing, but inside a synagogue, no one should be laughing at a resurrection. And by the way, for you and for me, when we grew up in Christian churches, so to speak, Catholic, Lutheran, right. Episcopal, they don't uh, mock the resurrection. They talk about it just like Job might. But the thing is, I don't think they believe it. They, they, they don't. It's one thing to give it lip service, but another thing for it to get in your heart. You know, and and again, you know, Christianity is starting to morph together with, 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 uh, with, scholars and education yes yes and now, now jesus is not a, a resurrected savior jesus and we talked about you talked about it on sunday jesus is now he's a he's a good man a good guy he's a good preacher nice he's a good yeah. preacher he's yeah. a prophet yeah. yeah you know and some who who's the, the crazy ones that say he ran off to india and married mary magdalene i mean i think come on is it what mormons you, say that who was yeah. that metro Goldwyn? i mean yeah <laughs> come on man Leo G. Mayer. Come yeah. On, yeah. man and you, you you know if you if you stay to this book and don't go to the other books and, and Christian, that's it. You know, again, people people fight with with this book from both sides of the fence. If it's if you know, we tell them it's just one book. So yes. the Lord made it easy. Yep. It's all in there. You don't need another book, right? Then they just say, how could everything be in just one book? It's too simple. It's too narrow minded. Well, God, you know, you know, Paul did say, I, I want you. Not to be beguiled from the simplicity that is in Christ. Amen. God wanted to make it simple. Amen. And so, yeah. So I think we set the stage here. So he's got these people, and and go ahead, Mike. So then, so then after he says this, so be it known to you, brethren, through this man is preached the forgiveness of sins. By him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Then he warns them. He says, "Beware, therefore." I, I, because I, it's almost like you could say, I can see what you're doing. You're kicking against this. I mean, you know, sometimes, John, you ever talk to an audience? Did you ever get a chance to do uh, public speaking, even if it was at sure. a conference sure. with other guys in your field? Sure. And, you know, sometimes you can see where they're nodding their head and other guys are like, I don't, they're shaking their head from side to side. No, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And and I think as he was preaching, he's looking at a whole bunch of people squirming in their seat and starting to, to shake their head from side to side. And so he says in verse 40, beware, therefore, lest that which is spoken of in the prophets comes upon you. And then he quotes a verse from the prophet Habakkuk. Behold, you despisers, wonder about this truth, and then you perish because God, I, God, work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And God's saying, I just sent a prophet, uh, Habakkuk, to tell you this in the Old Testament. Now I'm sending a new prophet, Paul, to you, the one I raised up to declare this to you. Do not despise the words that he's speaking, because if you do not believe in your despite, you will Perish. So why? Yeah. I'm having trouble finding it, Mike. If you want to read the, the quote by Habakkuk. 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 Yeah, it's in Habakkuk. chapter one. Habakkuk chapter. is like the eighth book after Daniel. Yeah, and and I think it's so important because again, the 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 Jews had this. Yes. The Jews, you know, again, you're you're missing it. You, you know, why would God say that? I got you it just, here. Where you got it? There it is. And in this chapter, this is um, Habakkuk the prophet, and. Um, 
he was a, a man who was watching his nation begin to drift toward destruction. It was about 20 years before the Babylonians would come in and destroy the city. And what was happening is he's watching the priests and the governmental leaders and even the prophets, and they're all going in the wrong direction. And so he he gets on his knees and he prays and he says in verse 2, Lord, how long shall I cry out to you and, and thou wilt not hear? I'm crying out to you unto thee of violence. There's violence in the city. Uh, verse 3, why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Judges are doing the wrong thing. Priests are hiring for money. Everybody's, they're spoiling. There's violence before me. There's people that raise up strife and contention. There's picketing in the streets. The law is slacked. Judgment doesn't go forth. Uh, the wicked are all around the righteous. Wrong judgment proceeds, you know, from the place of government and mm -hmm. the church. I mean, he's real upset. And then when God answers him, this is a tough answer. And God says, uh, behold ye, Habakkuk, look at the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. Though it be told you. Yeah. God. And I'm, I'm going to do I'm something telling that's you what amazing. I'm going to do. You're right. Yeah. You know, but the problem is it's not yesterday. God works at his own time. Yes. You know, and, and, and you go, but, but, but these folks, they, for the most part, if, you, if they were in the synagogues, they were studying these things. That they was read, what they were they supposed were the, to be doing. I'm sure there were Jews that didn't go to synagogue. There's Christians that don't go to church. Yeah, yeah. But these folks that go there and, and pay attention, and, and Paul tells them, you hear, be, beware. Yeah. Beware. I'm, go I'm going to do a work in which you'll no wise believe. I'm going to raise you know, I'm going to raise my son from the dead. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, even go back to Isaiah. I am, you know, a, a virgin will conceive. And, and, and he says, and if you don't believe it, verse 41, if you wonder about it and go your own way, you're going to end up perishing because that one verse that we love, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, the one raised from the dead should not perish. But if they don't, they perish. Yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, I, I people have to pick pick things apart, and I understand that, listener. You have to you have to believe, and and you can only believe by getting some knowledge. Yes, and you have the wisdom, enough wisdom to try to get into this book and try to have understanding. Sure. So we understand you have to find out um, what makes this work. And again, I I am a person that if I press a button and something across the way moves, I'm wowed. That's all I need to know. And I have friends that if I press a button and something cross away moves, they have to dig it up and understand. They it. want to know how. They don't want. They want to know. Okay. And I understand. I respect that. Okay. But it's in. It's in this book. Oh, the Lord shows it, how it, He it's does. It's in it. this book, and, and and He's telling you it's so easy. It's so simple. Salvation that the Lord gives us the simplicity that is Jesus Christ, and and it it just can't be. And it, where does Paul say? Why do you think it's such a such a um. Was it a marvelous thing that God should raise someone from the dead? That's when he's God. giving his testimony to Herod, yeah. You're, you're God, of course. Yeah, of if he course. can't raise somebody from the dead, it's not a God I want to follow. Sure, sure. I've often thought that if if you uh, say you are a believer in God, mm -hmm. I mean, think about what you're saying, but then, then you do believe that God created the heaven and the earth. Well, someone that can create the heaven and the earth and give life can obviously raise give life. life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give life your wounds. I mean, and, and, and again, I mean, why do you think? And 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 you know, you you think about when Jesus 
um, call back Lazarus. Yeah, come and forth, Lazarus. Come forth, yeah. Lazarus. And you think about when Jesus, um, uh, the widow's son. That's right. right? Raised him. You, again, Hollywood has most us Americans thinking of like, ooh, you know, and it's magic. <laughs> and I just see probably the Lord touching you and yeah. all, and you're a doctor. Yeah. And all your blood and all your you know, your cells and all, they just regenerate. Yep. They get right. You know, I, I just, I, I think it's, I think it's a scientific uh, uh, metamorphosis when the Lord does that to you. Well, all right. Well, I think, I think, yeah. he, I think everything comes in line. Uh, we often talk about gravity, right? Mike, you said the Lord has his finger of protection on us. Yes. Right. Cause when you, when you've, ta- you've taught us once about how the atom should not be is it the atoms? The atoms want to blow up. They want to blow up. They <laughs> all should those not protons don't want to stick together. And, yes. and, and scientists cannot, they cannot can't explain, explain this. They cannot explain but it. But we know in our Bible that it is the word of God. Holding it together. Holding it together. Yeah. And once he releases, once he he leaves it, it's going they to will explode blow yeah. or implode. Yeah. Well, if, if, if that's the case and you're saying, well, you know, listener, you might be saying, well, I never, I never heard of this stuff in the Bible. We're well, not reading your Bible. <laughs> oh, you're not going to church that reads the Bible. Or it's, it's, you know, it's, it's in there and then you have to do it. And, and then, you know, you can look, I'm not saying turn your, turn your head to science, but again, science cannot answer what holds these atoms together. And, and, and the thing that the Lord, uh, for a listener, he's saying, though a man declare it unto you right now. Now the man he used back then was Paul. Mm-hmm. And there's no question God had called Paul and Paul had done like he told uh, Timothy, I have studied the scriptures to show myself approved to God. Now here we are in a program called what is truth. And what we do is we search the scriptures to look for truth. Uh, Mark prepares ahead of time. You prepare ahead of time. I prepare ahead of time. We look at the chapter. We look at the cross references and what we're declaring to the listener is what God has showed us in the Bible. And what God would say is listener, don't despise these words, because these words are from me, God says, and I'm working a work in your days. And I don't want you to not believe it because if you don't believe it, you will end up perishing. You do have a soul, right? And the soul is what God, God says, all the souls are mine. I don't want any of these souls to perish. And the only way I can give them the gift of life is by putting my son's breath into those souls, putting his spirit there. You know, you know, I I look back on my life now with the wisdom of of, of the Lord's word, the wisdom of age. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I remember when I was a little boy, I used to, you had mentioned it the other day, I used to look at the horror movies. But not the ones, not I like the creature from the black okay, Lagoon, right, you know, right, right, you know right. and, and and whatnot. And um, you know, you get afraid. My mother would tell me, "It's only a movie." I always tell yourself, "It's, it's only, only a movie." movie. Right. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. So, so we get out anything like this. It's only a movie. These things only happen in movies. Okay. Right. So now here we are, the resurrection of the dead. It's just only a story. It's, it's only, only a story. story. Yeah, it's only right, a story. Just right, tell yourself, right. it's only a story. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny how Satan weaves that. Just go into a movie. It's a matinee. Right. It's right. a double feature. Right. Right. The creature from the Black Lagoon and Godzilla versus Sadaka. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> but go ahead, bro. So so here Paul gives this magnificent sermon, and and the center point of the whole sermon is the person and the glorious. Uh, redemption work of Jesus Christ. And when he's done, verse 42, and and uh, when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, and apparently there must have been some Gentile hearers nearby. I know in the old days, the Jews would invite uh, Gentiles to come hear mm-hmm. 
uh, their religion and they would call them proselytes. So there right. must have been some Gentiles there. The When they left the synagogue, it was the Gentiles besought Paul and Barnabas that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Like, we want to hear this again. When the Jews gone out of the synagogue, yeah, they left, they said, okay, All right? They went out. They were the ones that said, if you know, if you know of a thing, tell us. Yeah. You know? But it was the Gentiles as we saw them. Yeah, the Gentiles are interested. So it says, uh, verse 43, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews, thankfully not all of them, mm -hmm. many of them, and the religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. So I guess when they left the synagogue, and maybe 50% believed and 50% didn't. I don't know the numbers. And a number of these uh, Gentile proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas who are uh, speaking to them. Paul and Barnabas persuaded them, listen, continue in the grace of God. I mean, now that you've begun and you've heard these truths, you want to continue in the grace of God. Now they might have said, well, what is how, the grace of God? how can I do that? Well, the, the, Amen. the gospel of John. Right. Chapter one um, and the gospel of John chapter one in the beginning was the word. Mm -hmm. The word was with God. The word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace right. and truth for the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is. You know, you've started well in your scripture studies. These scriptures are going to lead you to Christ and continue in the grace there. Right. And grace means, correct me if I'm wrong, means gift. Yeah. A, a godly gift. Uh, yeah. Right, from and Christ is a gift. And Christ is a gift. So when he says continue in the grace of God, continue in Christ. Continue yes. in this new covenant. Yeah, amen. That's it. This New Testament, if you will. Yeah. So then verse 44, well, the next Sabbath day, a week later, um, came almost the whole city together. To hear the word of God. I guess the buzz got around town. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's something new is going on here. It sounds pretty impressive. Uh, and I, I'm going to imagine that some of these Jews mentioned in verse 43 that listened to Paul and Barnabas and some of those religious proselytes, they told family members, they told friends. Um, many of the Jewish religious leaders, has they were good social people. They weren't criminals. They weren't pickpockets. They weren't adulterers. They they had a reputation right. like the religious leaders we have today. The majority of these are good people. So if they say, hey, there's something good to hear, let's go hear it. And they're all gathered together. Verse 44, the, almost the whole city is here to hear the word of God. But when the unbelieving Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And they spake against the things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. I mean, it's no. like, if you ever do a sales presentation, maybe somebody interrupts mm -hmm. and then somebody interrupts mm -hmm. and you're trying to say what, I'm trying to talk to this guy over here and this guy keeps picking in on it. And, and interrupting <laughs> it. And it's interesting because what they were doing, you know, Lord's telling us through his writing here is that, that they were contradicting blaspheming Paul and what, Barnabas, what they were saying. But that's yeah. what they claimed Paul and Barnes was doing. And Barnabas was doing it. Okay. It's, it's blasphemy to, to talk against the law of Moses. I mean, that's throughout the whole, the yeah. whole book and, uh, about God and whatnot. And, and, yeah. and um, you know, Jesus wanted, well, Jesus had this problem too. Jesus was a, a imagine they accused Jesus Christ of blasphemy. Right, right, right. All right. And, and when he, when he said, I and the father are one. 
you know, so so again, it's going it's going back and forth. But we're hearing it here from the and, grace, and, the Christian point of view. Yeah, and they're misunderstanding Paul because Paul would even write the law is holy, the commandment is holy, and just and good. I mean, if God gave the law to Moses. Why would God give something unholy or not good? Mm-hmm. So they're misrepresenting Paul, thinking he's he's not speaking against the law. He's saying the law is a good thing. It'll lead you to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they're stuck. They they got it and they're stuck in the mud. Yeah. You just can't, yeah. you can't, can't get that. You know, sometimes I like to, I like to smoke and barbecue. <laughs> right, you know? right. And they say sometimes you, you'll get to a certain, you want to get a meat, maybe a meat to a brisket to a 195 or something like that. And they'll tell you about where it stops. It's like stays at 170 forever. It's got to break through. Okay. You know, give it time, leave it alone. Don't open it up. It's got to break through. It's hit, it hits that, it hits that, 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 that wall. It, like an impasse. You know, okay. and that impasse. And it's the same thing here. I mean, they know it, but they just can't get through that 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 old teaching and 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 let's not forget we do know at this time because we, we have we saw this in jerusalem jerusalem with with our lord yep that many of the jewish leaders have now put in their teachings yep their traditions of men absolutely all right so the, you you could make a case that the jewish religion judaism in this point in time is corrupted well, well, yeah, that's that's one of the arguments that Jesus had with them. I'm, I'm going all the way back to the first gospel, which Matthew. is Matthew, you know, in uh, chapter uh, 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scribes and the Pharisees Whoa. came to Jesus and they said, your disciples, why are they transgressing the tradition of the elders? You're not washing the hands when they eat bread, you know, the way it's prescribed on policy number 400 and page three, you know, <laughs> right, 98 right. or whatever. And, uh, and Jesus said, well, why do you transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Uh, he said, uh, what you're doing is verse eight, you're drawing nigh to me with your mouth and honoring me with your lips, but their heart is far from me in vain. My father said, do they worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Bingo. And, and, and that was the problem. The traditions were confusing people. And at one point when he was done, the disciples said in verse 12, well, you just offended the Pharisees. And Jesus said, well, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. My, my father didn't plant traditions. He planted the words. He said, let them alone. If they want to be blind leaders of the blind and the blind lead the blind, they're both going to fall in the ditch. And that's so, if we stop right there, Mike, and, and for the listener, you hear what this is? Jesus Christ. Saying That's that. Jesus. Words this are is red. a loving, saving. Yeah. Die for you. Jesus Christ says, if you're blind and you're following blind leaders, you're both going to fall into the ditch. So, you know, it, 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 it's it's you know, it's, it's right here. But in vain, they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. Do you belong to a religion right now that teaches anything other than the Bible? I mean, when you get together, even if you're in a Bible church, when you get together for for um uh, men's group or for teaching, is there a workbook? Is somebody introducing a workbook as opposed to the, as opposed God's to the Bible book? itself? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it better to have a better understanding? Well, the workbook helps me understand the Bible. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The Bible, the Bible helps you understand, understand the Bible. Understand. That's what the we're Bible, doing here. Because these words Amen. are spirit and these spirits go into your soul and this is the way the Lord talks to you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we're on the What is Truth program. John and I are together today. Our brother Mark is uh, taking care of brother. We're praying for you and we know you're praying for us. 
And we're here every Sunday morning, and Mark will be with, back with us next week, Lord willing. And uh, we're studying in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. If you like some of these programs and you want to uh, listen to the old shows, they're archived on the website Grace and Truth Church. Just spell out Grace, A-N-D, Truth, Church. you got to put church. If you just put Grace and Truth, you won't get it. Graceandtruthchurch.org. Hit the Sermons tab. Hit YouTube, and you can listen to the old programs. We're going to take a quick station break, and we'll be back for the second half of the show. Stick around. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Do like Jesus said. Search the scriptures, and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Here we are, and we're in this 13th chapter where Paul gives one of the great sermons at a little place called Antioch in Pisidia and Asia Minor, and the whole sermon is a testimony to the word of salvation, which comes through the man that God raised from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a promise that God made to the Old Testament fathers that there would be a resurrection. God has fulfilled the promise by raising up Jesus. And uh, he said, Jesus is now raised alive forevermore. He will never see corruption. And this is the man through whom God will give you the forgiveness of sins. All that believe in Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. And the Jews, the leaders, were angry at this teaching. They were filled with envy. Right. They spake against the things which were being spoken by Paul. They were contradicting him, and they were blaspheming him. And, Mike, as, as time went on, hundreds of years after this and the Catholic church did this. They persecuted, they persecuted, oh, oh, sure. um, sure. The, they call it the way the, the wall, wall dancers, the wall Denzians were, they would not call them Christians, Europe. right? Yeah, they wouldn't call them Christians. And, and they were enraged, even though that this book was before them. Yes. But when, but they got so powerful yeah. and, and so controlling. And then they began writing traditions. Right. And then they were so in, incensed by this. And I know yeah. if you if you read, I'm sure you have, listener, but if you go to any writings or on a biography of King James himself, sure. and they were livid. I mean, the, oh, these, yeah. these, what was it, 54? They tried to blow tried up, to blow the, up the, the It was the, the gunpowder plot. You can right. go on uh, YouTube and, and uh, type out the gunpowder plot. You can read about it, how the Catholic Church tried to blow up the translators yeah. of the King James this, Bible. Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't if you go back to, to 16 uh, 1604 they started writing the king james bible 1611 it was completed they were so incensed by this yep that yep. that they, they they wanted to kill the scribes the scribes were in yeah. hiding yeah they were spread across what england and scotland i believe no they were was, they was, were in uh, cambridge uh, oxford and uh i forget the other place right when westchester what's the name of the big place in oh uh, westminster. No, westminster westminster so they did not yeah. want but think about this listener so 1,600 years before, all right, the Jews are incensed by this, but this, this, this Jesus Christ. Don't, don't teach the people this. No, don't, no, no. Do not teach the people this. This is blasphemy, right? Now you have 1,600 years later, even started before that, you had um, a religion called the Catholic Church doing the same thing. They did not want the people 
to have this. They did not want the people to know that they continue in the grace of God, as Paul tells us in verse 43. Mm-hmm. They, did, they, didn't want, they did not want the people to know that the gospel is simply repenting towards God and asking Jesus into your life as Lord and Savior. You do that, Paul says, your soul is sealed in earnest. In earnest. You have a mark. No matter what you do, you had a mark. You took my son. All right? And they did not. They did not want them to have this. And you're seeing this today, and you have religions, and you have what Jehovah Witnesses, you have the Mormons, and, and all of them, their rock is not the Bible and the Word of God. Their no, rock that's right. is a man's book. So what do, you, what do you have? Joseph Smith, you have... You have um, the writings of Joseph Smith. You have the you have the uh, Rutherford was it Judge Rutherford and, and the Russell Jehovah Witness the, and the Watchtower jo- tracks. Right, yep. right, right. You have the Canons and the Popes from early the early what centuries for the Catholic Church. Fourth and century, fifth they, century. But this yep. is it. But folks, this King James Bible is on the sh- is on the shelf in a dollar store. Yep, for a dollar. And maybe if you want the Lord's words in red, it might be two dollars. Okay, yeah. and it's there for you. It is a truth, but it enrages. It doesn't only enrage the non-believers. What blows me away, Mike? It enrages other religions, uh, other religions oh, that, call them, that call themselves absolutely. Christian. Absolutely. Why? Yeah. Well, it, the, he was saying one of the problems is they were filled with envy. Envy. What was happening was, uh, and this is one of the sad things that goes on today. In uh, university is not as important. Uh, governments, a little more important. Religion, uh, the most important at all uh, from God's standpoint, because religion is supposed to tell you the truth about God, the creator, right. the truth about the soul. And the problem is envy happens when somebody desires preeminence or position. Uh, humility understands Christ gets the preeminence. God gets the preeminence. Amen. For example, uh, the little church that we have, uh, the pastor might want to think, hey, this is my church, but the right pastor will go, well, this is God's church. I'm an under shepherd serving God here. God allowed me to get in this pulpit. God can remove you from this pulpit. I have no right envying the power or the position of the pulpit. It's God's power and God's position. And here's the, and here lies the problem. My theory yeah, with religions is that Christianity, proper Christianity, proper salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ is not a religion. No, it's not a religion folks. There's, there is only you go to the Lord your heart and your hands, humble, wherever you want to be, in your car, at home, you know, in your bed, on the side of your bed, whatever it might be. And there is no prayer to pray. Yeah. There is no prayer to pray. We, we give out tracks to say, you could say something like this. You know, when Jesus taught, they said, Rabbi, teach us to pray. And, and Jesus told them, um, when you pray, you pray like this. He said, our Father who art in heaven, he didn't mean for you to take that prayer and repeat it 50 times. No. He was saying, he was giving you an example. You open with praise to the Lord. You, you let him know what you're petitioning for. And let him know that you want to humble yourself. That's what he was, that's what he was styling it all up. When you are a, a disciple or saved from the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's grace, God's gift, you are not in a religion. No. You're in a relationship with your creator and your redeemer. The only thing you're required to do is learn of me. Yes, says the Lord. That's right. 
That's right. And so here they are. They're filled with envy. Now, it says Jews with a capital J in verse 45 of Acts 13. That means the Jewish leaders mm-hmm. were filled with envy. Now, the thing that, and I guess when somebody's envious and mad, you know, you got to wait for them to count on and calm down. But the truth of the matter is they had teachings in here that they used to teach. They would teach the book of the Proverbs. And the Proverbs says, a wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who's able to stand before envy? envy? Be not thou envious and be not thou neither desire to be with envious men. This is in Proverbs 24, verse one. So they're like turning their back on the very teachings that they used to teach. They're being what Jesus called them one day. He said, you're being hypocrites. You're saying one thing and you're doing another. And and envy, and what are they envious of? They're envious of the fact that God chose Jesus rather than them to be the preeminent person in the relationship with God. Amen. And, and the way God feels about envy, and you, you look at the last, the 10th commandment, Yep. Now you say covet, but we covet, we covet because we look around us and we envy what other and we people want, have. Yeah, yeah, there and it is. It's, it's envy. It's idolatry. He says, "Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, covet thy neighbor's wife, his manservice, his maidservice, his ox, his ass, or anything is that thy neighbor's." Yeah, yep. You know, and, and thy neighbors. In the, you know, now, folks, you you're sitting in your living room, you're watching TV, and commercials come on. Those are your neighbors. Yeah, those are your neighbors. Look this way, be this way, act this way, feel this way. That, that, and when you want those, there's a form of envy. Yeah. Now, an amazing change is going to start happening here in the book of Acts. We often uh, speak of the book of the Acts of the Apostle as what's called a transitional book. There is a change occurring. Uh, what's the change? Well, when we began the book, it was Jesus was still with us in chapter 1. Mm-hmm. I mean, way back in Acts chapter one, it says um, Jesus being assembled together with them, that would be his disciples, uh, commanded uh, to them, don't depart from Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the father, which you've heard of me. Um, uh, you, verse eight, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. And, and the then he's uh, he sends into heaven, as right. the rest of the chapter tells you. And then they come back to Jerusalem, and they're waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. And when the Holy Ghost gives them power, they follow exactly what Jesus was said in verse eight. They start in Jerusalem, right? And uh, uh, Peter and John go right back to the temple, and they witness at the temple. And then they go up to Samaria. When we get to chapters uh, seven and eight, and then and now they're moving on. They go to Judea, Samaria. Now they're going to other parts of the earth. Now one of the things Paul is still doing in his love and his zeal for the people he grew up with, the Jews, like it says in the thirteenth chapter, uh, when they came, verse fourteen, they came to Antioch, Pisidia, and they went right to the synagogue, right on the Sabbath, and sat down. And Paul is thinking, okay, we're far from Jerusalem now. We're hundreds of miles northwest of Jerusalem. We've we've gone through Samaria. We've we've gone through Judea. We're way out here in Asia Minor. But there are still Jewish people, and I love Jewish people. It'd be like me. I grew up Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I love Roman Catholic people. I grew up with them. 
These are people I'm familiar with. Okay, say I'm not used to religion. Okay, let's say you're used to sports. You grew up and you were a Yankees or Mets fan. I don't Mets. know. You're a Mets fan. <laughs> so you like Mets fans. Okay, yeah. so if you found out some great truth about the Mets, you might want to go to where some Mets people are gathering and tell them that great truth. Right. Well, he just found out some great thing about the Jews, that God's raised a savior to them. He wants to go to them. So he goes to these synagogues but the problem that he runs into, verse 44, on the next Sabbath day, verse 45, the Jews are filled with envy. They're contradicting him. They're blaspheming him. They're, they're angry at him. They'd probably want to stone him if they could. And verse 46, and then Paul and Barnabas, they waxed bold, I would have mean in the spirit, mm -hmm. and they said it was necessary that the word of God should first have sp been spoken to you, you Jews. But seeing ye put it far from you, and you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we're going to turn to the Gentiles. And now the transition is being made. And what we're going to see in the near future is, after a few more chapters, Paul's not going to go into synagogues anymore. No. He's going to go to Gentiles. Now, that's 2,000 years ago, Brother Mike. Well, here's an interesting transition that I've observed. You and I both came out of a like a kind of Christian religion. Right. Which we would have thought we were Christians. Mm -hmm. But then someone brought us the Bible. We looked at the Bible and said, oh my goodness, we're, we're not really Christians. We're more religious people with the label of Christian. True Christians are born again. True Christians are disciples. Acts eleven twenty six. 26. Uh, we haven't, I was never a Christian until I got born again. No, no. But uh, now one of the first things we do then is we tend to go back to where we grew up, to the people grew up, we grew up with, who also think they're Christians. Right, right. But I, I, I will tell you, I struggled with that. I wasn't a practicing Catholic, you know. And um, but when, but when the the word, the, when somebody gave me the word, I'd fall right back into what I knew, and okay. I got, and I got. Um, I wouldn't say I got envious or something. I got you, you know, pal. See where you got to go. I mean, you know, with all this talk you have, you know, about about what we are and what you are and how you worship and how we worship. And, and, um, you know, but do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. I knew him. I knew him when I was a station, little boy. The right? stations okay. of the okay. cross. Okay. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> Me too. But even though I wasn't <laughs> practicing that religion, um, it, that was embedded in me. Um, and I will say too, it's, it's Satan's hold on you. Yeah. Like my first thing was to push back, kick, kick against the pricks. Sure. And sure. I had to, I had to, sometimes force myself. There was many times I was just going to go, this is nonsense. There was many times Satan wanted to be, this is nonsense. I'm out of here. You know, there, there's something I was just thinking about, and maybe you're the same way. You know what happens to me is I get comfortable with a, a shirt or a sweatshirt that's older, that I've worn a long time. Right. It's just, it's just comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I've worn it so long. It's familiar. It's got, it, it, fits my shoulders. It's, it's broken in, you know, and now someone comes along with a new garment and wants me to put it on. I'm comfortable with this. And that's kind of what religion is. It's like a garment we wore and someone's trying to come and say, look, I want to put the robe of Christ. I'm comfortable. Well, with this. I'll go one further on you, brother. It's, it's, you know, if somebody wants to put another one on me, no, I'm okay. But when you say my, my garment, my sweatshirt is ugly. It's worn out. It's ugly. And it looks pitiful on you. You need to have this. Then you get a little then you get, you know, you get yeah. your dander up okay. a little okay. bit, you know, but I, but I remember, uh, even though I wasn't practicing, I, I, and I know now Mike, because 
I marvel at my reaction. I'm not the same man I was then. Right. All right. And folks, I tell everybody, it doesn't happen overnight. You don't get checks in the mail. Right. You don't lose weight. You know, you know, if you have cancer, it doesn't go away, folks. It's just don't do that to your Lord. But but it's wonderful to look back on my, my walk and how many times I almost walked out because, and, and, and I, I had no right to say I was Catholic because I wasn't a practicing Catholic. I really yeah, didn't know what yeah, they thought. Sure. I got my confirmation on right, at 13 right, years yeah, old. Yeah, right. You know, but there was such, there was such a, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a Maybe I could say a, a hand on my chest pushing me, not letting me get close to this word. Right. And I remember a couple times I said, it's not. But then I would think on it. I want to see more. I wanted to see okay. more. I was good, curious. Good. I was one of those guys, unlike I am in real life, where I have to press a button and something moves over there. I became no, you want I had to dig it up. To find out what's I going on. What, okay. I, I, I got to get down to the bottom of this. And when I got down to the bottom of it, and I saw the mechanics of it, if you sure, will. Sure, sure. And then I looked, <laughs> I dug up what I knew. Yeah. And it was empty. And then you see the design, yeah. because when you saw the mechanics and the design, this is designed by God. Right. And you saw the perfection of it. You go, how could I, I go with that anymore? It's, yeah. Anyway, so, go ahead. so so what's happening here is now, so Paul, this 46th verse, I look at the application a number of ways. First off, Paul and Barnabas are waxing bold and saying to these Jewish leaders, it was necessary. The word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing... You put it far from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. No, we're going to turn. We're going to go to the Gentiles. And so now what's going to happen is the book transitions. Most of the time you're going to find Paul and Timothy. They're going to the Isle of Crete. They're going over here to Rome. They're going to Greece. They're not going to Jews anymore. Now I'm looking practically. The reality is when I first got saved, my thought was I want to tell my Roman Catholic friends, I grew up in Roman Catholicism. God just showed me how he raised Jesus again. God just showed me that if I would believe, verse 39, I could be justified from all things by which I could not be justified by the law of Moses or the sacraments of the church. I want them to know this because they're still trying to keep the sacraments like I did. Not, this is great. Right. And then what happened is, after a while, noticing their resistance, I said, you know, I'm not going to go to Roman Catholic churches anymore. I'm just going to go in the streets and turn to the people on the streets and preach out there. And and the turn happened with us. I mean, the truth of the matter is right. we go on the streets to preach. We don't go in the parking lots of Roman Catholic churches, even though they need it and they should receive it. They're angry. I remember there's a couple times I did go to the parking lot of Roman Catholic churches. I can think of three churches in particular I went to. I was asked to leave. They didn't want to, they were blaspheming and contradicting and they were mad that I was there mm -hmm. with just little Bible booklets and gospel tracts to give because the, the track was saying it's not by the sacraments, it's not by the church. You can only be justified by Christ and Christ alone. Amen. And they wanted me out. And so now we too, I find myself at a university. I find myself on a street corner. I find myself in the parking lot of a mall, but not at a church anymore. The same thing happened. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, Paul's play on words here where he says, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. You notice how you put that, you know, because normally people would say, and, and you know, because most, most, you or I might've, might've said to them, so, ever, you know, so everlasting life is not, is not worthy for you. 
You know, it's, it's almost like you reverse it. You're judging yourself. The, They're not judging themselves unworthy. Scary, that's, that is a scary verse. Yeah. What frightens me, truth, what frightens me about this verse is one day, now, now God told Paul, I want you to write this down. Well, actually, told Luke to write this down because Luke is writing the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. But but like it tells us in the back of the Bible, and I'm going to read this verse just to make sure there's there's no confusion because where did the Bible come from? Well, it's actually a work of God, and the apostle Peter wrote, uh, "You must know that no." prophecy of the scripture no writing no verse is of a private interpretation for the prophecy the verse the writing came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of god spake and wrote as they were moved by the holy ghost and so paul you speak this luke you write it down god saying from my heart i'm going to be able to say and when you look at verse 46 after the word said, comma, there's a capital I for it. That would be like quotation marks. And one day God is going to say to a soul who contradicted and blasphemed. And like he said back there, beware, verse 40, don't despise, don't wonder, don't perish. One day he'll say to that soul, it was necessary that my words should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put those words far from you, you have judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. <clears throat> and lo, I must now turn you to the penalty that my son said, depart from me into everlasting fire, That's prepared right. for the devil and his safe. angels. So you judged yourself unworthy. How did I do that? By not wanting to hear my word, even though it was given to you, you blasphemed, you contradicted, you wondered, you despised, you judged yourself. I didn't judge you. You judged yourself. Then, I'm you, afraid that's what's going to happen. And you know what somebody's going to say back to the Lord, if they allowed to say anything, say, oh, no, it's not that I, I judge myself unworthy of LA. I just, your word unworthy. And of, that of, judged uh, you yeah, exactly. unworthy. And everyone's saying they're going to come out and say, oh my God, what am <laughs> oh, I saying? Because that's the opposite of that. Sure, sure. You know, I didn't, judge, scary my, I didn't judge, yeah, I didn't judge myself unworthy, Lord. I, I judge, I, I, I judge your word as being unworthy. Yeah. Oh my God, what did I just what say? What have I just said? What did I just say? Yeah. Uh, let's go on. That's a very frightening <laughs> yeah, verse. It really is. I, I mean, I'm looking at this in Acts chapter 13. 13 is a scary number of rebellion. Here's people rebelling. It's in verse 46, which is 23 plus 23. That's 23 is a number of death. That's death and death. That's like the death of the body, the death of the soul. If you Put the words of God far from you, mm -hmm. then you have judged yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Now, back to the transition, Paul is understanding these Jewish leaders don't want to hear it anymore. I'm going to turn to the Gentiles, and we're going to read in the next few chapters those missionary journeys. He's going into Gentile regions. But can I, can I before you do, Mike, yeah, yeah. just, just on, on that verse we're talking about, too. The opposite of this, God judges all men. To be worthy. To hear it. Of everlasting life. To hear yeah. it. Every man. Don't, I don't, wherever you're sitting now, listener, or whatever state that you're in, um, what you might have done in your life, God considers you worthy, even with your faults. Yeah. All you need to do is take a shower. Repent. 
Yes. Tell them you're sorry. I messed up. What do I need to do here? Will you come into my life? Will you be my savior? If you do this with a repentant heart, you are worthy. All the, men, all men are, can you imagine? All men are worthy. It doesn't matter. From, from, the, from uh, the top executive of a company to a homeless person, all men are worthy. That's why Jesus came full of grace and truth. In the Gospel of Mark, if you have a red letter Bible, the first time there are ever words coming out of Jesus' mouth in the Gospel of Mark, it's in chapter 1. And it says, and Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God saying, and here it is, words are read, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Amen. When you hear these words, believe them. Amen. And all that believe will be justified from all things from which they could not be justified by religion, the law of Moses, whatever they're trying. But Amen. verse 47, the Lord hath commanded us saying, Paul says, I, the Lord, have set thee, Paul, to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation to the ends of the earth. We're going to send you east, west, north, and south with this gospel. It reached America. It reached Europe. It's reached South America. It's gone through Asia. That's God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the 48th verse. Mike. Oh, this is a tricky verse because it says in verse 48, and when the Gentiles heard this, that that they could have everlasting life, that Paul's being sent as a light to them, they were glad, and they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Now, the, the, thing, the tricky thing, this is um, <laughs> when God was putting together the tabernacle, 12 times he used the word to Moses, and Bezaliel and the men and Aaron building it. He said, I'm going to give you cunning wisdom. It's a, a, a brilliant kind of skillful way to put this together. And this is a cunningly written verse because it's written in the way where if you read it first glance, and this is why God, what, what I'm teaching you here is meant for pastors. This is a pastoral verse. What, what he doesn't want you to do is read it and is, Many as were ordained to our eternal life were believed. In other words, God ordered some people to have eternal life, and those are the ones that believed. He's testing the pastor, saying, do you understand the difference? You have to believe, and if you believe, you're ordained to eternal life. And the only thing I can think of is like this uh, to a pastor. Imagine if there was a, uh, a school, and the kids are going to school, and there's a red light near the school. And lately, a lot of people have been running the red light. And the kids have been in danger and harm's way because of this. And the police chief says to the cops, listen, we've got to take care of this problem by the school. So for the next few days, I want you to concentrate your cars in that area. And you ticket anyone that's even approaching running that red light. You ticket people that run the red light. Well, I got other places to take care of. No, for the next few days, we've got to take care of this. Mm. And then what we see is at the end of the week, as many has, uh, were ticketed ran the red light. Well, what do you think? They were ticketed first and then they ran it? No, as many as were ticketed that week ran the red light. They ran the red light first and then they were ticketed. It's a right. cunning way of writing the verbs. And God is testing his pastors because he doesn't like Calvinism. Calvinism makes it look like God ordained certain people to eternal life. And they're the ones that believed. And he just no, the ones that believed, I ordered them to have eternal life, but they had to believe for tricky verse, but it gets misread. Right. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Right. 
It's it's almost too when in Mark 16, 16, when the Lord says, yes. those that believe and are baptized shall be saved. Right. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean, um, you need water he, baptism. Water baptism. You need, once the Holy Ghost, because that's what happens to you when you see when you repent, listener. The Holy Ghost, your heart's in earnest. That's the Holy Ghost, and He baptizes you spiritually. He's you don't even know what you happened. Yeah, you know, but you and you believe. In, in, <laughs> so, so go ahead. Oh, I guess. Okay. Well, well. Anyways, that was a tough first event. The, the good news to remember, as Paul was sent forth to the Gentiles, and I imagine most of our audiences Gentiles, and with the good message is the testimony that God raised Jesus from the dead, and and through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And anyone that believes will be justified from all things from which your religion or the law of Moses couldn't do it. And don't wonder or despise. Receive and believe the gospel. That's good news. That's great news. In the scriptures. Great and again, we'll be with you next week. Brother Mark will be back with us. And until we join you next week, visit the website and do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.